How NASCAR stripping a victory from a driver relates to the real world. Joe Rogan has figured out TikTok is bad. A Mexican loan scam. Who thinks it's almost time to take up arms against the government and more on today's Random Thoughts. Hello and welcome to episode number 197 of the Random Thoughts Podcast, spelled R-A-N-D-U-M-B Thoughts.com online. I am your host, Darren O'Neill. On today's show, we got a few different things to talk about, but I'm going to start in the realm of NASCAR, which is something I've been watching more now that baseball has lost me over the last few years, which is a much easier thing because you only get to watch it on the weekends over all the races. The schedule is much less demanding than trying to follow a major league baseball team. And the sport just seems a lot less woke, a lot less uh, of the insanity of the rule changes they've made. I mean, they both made rule changes, but major league baseball has gone over the top, especially once COVID hit and they're pulling some stuff back, but I don't know. It's really lost me, but NASCAR gave me something to go back to. Their rule changes slightly less annoying, but they make them quite often, which I think baseball does as well, which I think maybe if you're going to have a rule package, it should stay relatively the same throughout the season. I mean, you shouldn't be changing things, though I get it with NASCAR. They just went to a brand new race car this year, so there are things that they're learning about the car that may need to be addressed throughout the season and as long as everybody understands what's going on then that makes sense but this is the first time in nascar's main division the cup series that the winning driver was stripped of the victory after post-race inspection found something that nascar didn't like now we'll talk about what that infraction was But the biggest change here, because NASCAR has always looked for rules and fractions after the races, but the fact that they haven't had a driver stripped of a victory since 1960 tells you that their main operating system was to give them a fine of some sort, would maybe take some points away, but they have never disqualified the winning driver and move somebody else up into the winning position. Now the infraction in this case, I will read to you uh, from the report quote in our review of the post race infractions on the 11 and 18 cars at Pocono. It was discovered that a single piece of clear tape was positioned over each of the lower corners of the front fascia ahead of the left front and right front wheel openings on both of those cars. The added pieces were two inches wide, five and a half inches long, with a thickness of 12 thousandths of an inch and installed under the wrap. 
this change in our build process was not properly vetted within our organization, and we recognize it is against NASCAR rules. We apologize to everyone for this mistake, and we have made changes to our processes to ensure that it does not happen again. That is a report, a statement put out by Joe Gibbs Racing, who owned the two race cars. But yes, now we get the exact details of what was wrong. These were uh, pieces of tape about the size of a cell phone. So imagine you have one of those little screensaver things that you put on top of your cell phone back in the day. I don't know if they still even make them because the screens have gotten so much less scratchable is, I guess, the word I'm looking for. But that's basically what this would be, a little piece of plastic about the size of a cell phone, little piece of tape the size of a cell phone that was placed right in front of the front left vent and the front right vent on the car. And when they talk about wrapping the car, they don't paint these race cars anymore. That would be too hard. They have plastic made, which basically goes over and it's kind of like a big shrink wrap that goes over the car. So at the end of the race, the first few cars have their wraps peeled off and they can see anything that was underneath. And these pieces of tape were underneath the wrap so they were not adjusting the amount of air coming in this wasn't closing off a vent or anything because that can definitely give you an aero advantage when cars are going at the speeds that these cars are but this seems to be just a slight deflection of the air going into these vents and at first i was like you know is this a little bit too stringent is this a little bit too crazy to take away a win and a second place because the drivers for Joe Gibbs Racing finished one and two, Denny Hamlin with the win and Kyle Busch coming in second. Is it a little too harsh of a penalty to take away those positions and say basically, hey, you were disqualified, you don't get anything? And uh, for a minute, I thought maybe, but then I also realized that it would be kind of going against everything I've been talking about here on the Random Thoughts podcast and elsewhere, being that we live in a society of law and order. And if you knowingly or unknowingly break a law, you can go to Brittany Griner's case in the Russia as well with her vape cartridges with cannabis in them. Ignorance of the law. Not really enough. I mean, you could ask for forgiveness because of that, but it doesn't mean you didn't break the law. So in the whole concept of law and order and you have to follow the rules for everything to work as it should, I don't think it is too severe to give this penalty. I mean, it may seem a little crazy for a couple of pieces of tape that are about the if you stack five pieces of notebook paper on each other, that's about the height of these pieces of tape. That's the difference in the arrow. But with these cars, maybe that'll make a difference. I know NASCAR was sending these things with the tape on at the cars to the uh, R&D center. So maybe they'll throw these things through the wind tunnel and they'll be able to tell us if there was actually an advantage. Now, if there was no advantage at all, aerodynamically to this then this was just them setting up the car and doing something dumb and didn't realize that that tape shouldn't be there i don't know 
But law and order, you have to follow the rules in order for the sport or the society to function. Now, I believe this may have violated a rule that was quite new, possibly just a few days old. But again, if all of the teams were aware of this, then you have to adjust for it. So for a minute, I thought maybe too stringent. Now I'm like, no, it probably not. Probably makes sense. And it probably sends a message, which is exactly what we should be doing in this society. I told you the story of the two young teen boys that turned themselves in, the brothers that turned themselves in for being part of beating the guy to death in Philadelphia. I don't remember if we talked about on the show or not a New York case that happened very recently where a 57-year-old, I believe it was, white lady on the bus and was beaten by three young black girls. Two of them have now been caught, 15 and 16 years old. And I think you need to start making the case for setting an example that this is not going to be allowed. Beating people to death, beating people just not to death, not going to be allowed. It doesn't matter what your age is. And I don't care if the assailants are black, white, red, green. If you are old enough to understand what you're doing, and you are at almost any age, but if you're a teenager, even a young teenager, and you assault somebody, you need to be held responsible. No question about it. You need to be held responsible because if you don't show that there are repercussions for bad behavior, then the bad behavior continues. And I think this is exactly what this case in NASCAR with Tenny Hamlin and a little piece of tape is showing us, which is, you know, if you're going to commit the infraction, you got to do the time. And I know there comes a point to where it's like, ah, things are too strict, things are too stringent. But I think this sets a really good example that we need to understand as a society that playing within the rules is what allows you to be successful. And playing outside of the rules, then that is not going to lead to success. NASCAR has always been a sport, however known for creative ways around rules and that I still applaud. If it's something that pushes it right up to the limit to get a competitive edge, that I get. But if you go too far, you're going to pay the price. And you know who really ended up paying the price here, which I just think is hilarious when it comes down to it because, hey, kids, you shouldn't be betting on sports. There's a lot of people that were quite angry at NASCAR because it cost him a lot of money. I mean, maybe somebody bet on Denny Hamlin. Maybe somebody bet on Denny Hamlin to come in first and Kyle Busch to come in second. Can you do this like with horse racing? I know you can pick, you know, first, you know, win, place, and show. Can you do that in NASCAR betting? I don't know. I've never looked into NASCAR betting. I'm guessing that you can, which means there may be somebody out there who was like, oh, yeah, I bet. Denny Hamlin to win, Kyle Busch to come in second, and maybe even uh, Chase Elliott, who is now the winner of the race, 
to come in third. That may have gone from, I hope they collected their bets really quickly. Otherwise, you lost a whole lot of money. But don't bet on sports. It's not a good idea. If you don't understand yet that gambling is never going to go in your favor, you have not figured something very important out. But those were the people that seemed to be the most upset besides, I'm sure, the race teams. But because of the way that NASCAR does its scoring now, you can take a couple of mulligans and still be very successful. And maybe that's what these teams figured out. Maybe they were trying something. Maybe they wanted to see if they were going to get caught because the postseason races begin in a few weeks. This could all just be a test to see what would happen if you did something, how far you can push something. And it shows you just how crazy of a sport it is, how competitive it is when putting a couple pieces of tape on the front of the car underneath the plastic wrap which surrounds the car, how much of a change that can really make. And with the uh, racing thing as well, I have to say, I joined up for the Haley Deegan Club. I saw it on her Twitter account, and I wanted to uh, be supportive because Haley Deegan, I think, is a very talented race car driver, female, just turned 21. So, I mean, when most girls are in college, she's out there racing with the boys. And it's been getting banged around a little bit. Nobody really knows why. I mean, it could be because she's female. It could just be anything. You don't know. But Todd Bodine and her tangled in a race earlier this year. And it was Todd Bodine's final race of his storied career, his 800th race. And he was just back. He had kind of been retired, I believe. I don't think he's been running full-time for quite a while because he's in his 60s. But he came back to get enough races to have 800 in his career. And early on in that 800th race at Pocono, Haley Deegan came down and gave him a little uh, side shove. And that was it for Todd Bodine. He wrecked. And that was the end of his storied career. And for somebody like me who has been out of racing for decades, before coming back to it, well, about 2004 to now, so close to two decades. I will say that when the races start, they come out to do the driver's start your engine slogan, and they always say something like, well, now for the most famous words in motorsports, and instead of driver's start your engines, you know, when I was watching racing 20 years ago, some of the most famous words in motorsports were Bodine's in the wall, whether it would have been Todd Bodine, or Jeff Bodine, or Brett Bodine. They tangled a little bit. So the fact that Haley Deegan maybe gave Todd Bodine a little taste of his own medicine in his final race, which I know that is stone cold to do that to the senior citizen, Haley. But I wanted to show my support. So it's like, okay, there's an online fan club, 20 bucks a month. So I'm like, oh, 20 bucks a month. Can it actually be worth it? There's a lot of things online that are a lot cheaper than 20 bucks a month. But I wanted to show my support, so I threw the 20 bucks in. And I have to say there's not enough content behind that paywall to really make it worthwhile. Except for the giveaways, and I will say they need to do a much better job on the giveaways because they're thinking way too big. And the fact that the most recent giveaway was done and ended in March of this year. 
Yeah, that's not a lot of giveaways going on. Maybe it was May. I think it was March, though. But the giveaway was for a race-used helmet, which I'm thinking those are worth some money. Those are worth some money. And the two previous ones that they had done towards the end of last year were, we'll fly you out to go off-roading with Haley, and we'll fly you out to come spend a day as we shoot some videos here. It's like, those are really expensive prizes. You don't need that. You do not need that. For, and then to not have other prizes. Now, do that every once in a while. That's great. But how about just doing a die-cast car autographed? I think most people would be happy with that. Anything autographed, really, when it comes to sports, people collecting, fandom, that kind of thing. A, you know, a T-shirt package. All of that would be great. And you feel like you're getting something for your money. But you got to kick that into gear and start doing more of that. But Again, I, I just wanted to say here, go buy a coffee or whatever. Now that she's 21, go buy a nice, uh, well, cheap bottle of wine for 20 bucks. But congratulations on giving Todd Bodine a little taste of his own medicine. And NASCAR, it's at least for me, it's fun to watch. It is a heck of a lot better than watching TikTok. Oh, what a professional segue that was. Uh, if you've been listening to this show at all, and we're coming up again to show number 200, if you've been listening at all, you've heard me rail against TikTok and all of social media, really. But TikTok, especially due to the Chinese ownership and the amount of data that they're collecting. Joe Rogan finally catching up. Maybe, Joe, are you listening to the show? If you are, how about sending in a donation, Joe? I know you've got the money. That's Spotify money. But he said in a recent episode of the Joe Rogan experience quote I read TikTok's terms of service I went down a TikTok rabbit hole yesterday this is so crazy the comedian Theo Vaughn he was doing the show with asked is that good or bad Rogan responded with bad listen to this this is from TikTok's privacy policy Rogan said we collect certain information about the device you use to access the platform, such as your IP address, user region. This is really crazy. User agent, mobile carrier, time zone settings, identifiers for advertising purpose, model of your device, the device system, network type, device IDs, your screen resolution and operating system, app and file names and types. He goes on to say, quote, so all your apps and all your file names, all the things you have filed away on your phone, they have access to that. File names and types, keystroke patterns or rhythms. So they're monitoring your keystrokes, which means they know every effing thing you type, Rogan added. He continued with, quote, battery state audio settings and connected audio devices, where you log in from multiple devices. We will be able to use your profile information to identify your activity across devices. We may also associate you with information collected from devices other than those you use to log into the platform, end quote. Yeah, that's right, Joe, you're finally getting this. Rogan then saying, quote, meaning they can use other computers that you're not even using to log into TikTok. They can suck the data off of that. That's what you're agreeing to when you download and start using TikTok. 
Yes, Mr. Rogan, that's absolutely right. TikTok is evil. Your kid should not be on it. You should not be on it. It is a cesspool. There was a story that made headlines this past week of a mother in the UK who was putting videos of her three-year-old up, and that's just wrong to begin with. But they realized that there were a lot of people saving and downloading those images. Uh, And you have to wonder, who's doing that of three-year-olds? Probably not uh, good people. Because I don't know. I'm not interested in what your kids look like. Don't really care. Don't care what anybody's kids look like. But Joe Rogan has finally figured this one out, I guess. This is the main reason I know I've mentioned this before, that I jumped off the Gary Vaynerchuk train, who, and I think Gary's a really smart guy. And I think he really knows a lot about marketing and running a business, but he was all in on TikTok from day one, and this is just toxic. And he's still telling people, oh, yeah, you got to get on TikTok to promote your business. I mean, the trade-offs are unbelievably bad here. TikTok is doing nothing but sucking your data, identifying you, trying to send more ads to you, and all of this data is going to China where this week there was a very interesting uh, statement put out. Was it Ted Cruz, I think? One of these uh, Congress critters talking about how China is looking at creating DNA-specific weapons. So sending in your DNA to places like 23andMe, not a good idea. And we've warned about that since day one as well. But TikTok is nothing but data mining. They have access to everything on your phone, not just the things you think you are giving it, and that can go horribly, horribly wrong. So I'm glad Joe Rogan's talking about this because maybe more people will hear that than me talking about it, just a few million, maybe more. And maybe people will realize that they shouldn't be on TikTok or most social media and understanding the permissions that these apps ask for. When they go onto your phone, we have a story coming up next that'll scare the hell out of you. And they are not what you think they are. This is a Trojan horse. This was the way to get data. That's all TikTok was about was getting the data and ruining your attention span, really, because I still don't understand how anybody sits there for any period of time and watches little 5, 10, 15 second videos. But it's an issue because people have zero attention span. But understand the stuff that Joe Rogan was just telling you about the fact that they will try to tie other devices you're using to your TikTok account, even if you don't use TikTok on those devices. This is really, really scary stuff when it comes to somebody tracking you. When your GPS coordinates are involved, when your contact lists are involved, when all the photos in your gallery on your phone are involved, any file you have on your PC, any file you have on your tablet, any file you have on your phone, yeah, TikTok knows a whole lot more about you than I believe you would want. The answer is never download TikTok, and if you have, delete it delete it now if your kids are using tiktok which they probably are yeah you're kind of screwed all of this leads us into our next story which was on a website called restofworld.org and this talks about loan apps 
that are available in Mexico, and I'm assuming elsewhere, maybe not in the United States, because I know they do shut these things down pretty quick when they get to be a scam. But this is an article by Erica Lillian Contreras that starts, quote, getting a bank loan as a working class Mexican is virtually impossible. So when Maria needed money, she downloaded Sol Peso, one of the growing numbers of instant lending apps. To grant her the loan, the app asked not only for her personal and financial data, it also requested access to her phone's data, including her contacts list. See, already, this is something you should be aware of. Anytime you install an app, your phone should tell you what it wants access to. And if it wants access to things that you don't think it has any business having access to, say no. Do not install the app. The article continues, even though Sal Peso transferred less money than promised, Maria, who asked to be identified by her first name only, said the app demanded the original amount plus interest to be repaid in a few days. When she couldn't pay, the lender called and messaged her with threats. So she downloaded a second lending app to pay off that first debt, and then even more, including Rapacarito, Super Peso, Loan Lala, Money Flash, and iFectivo in the next few weeks. So, okay, this woman is insane because you download one of these apps you have a problem immediately that they're threatening you because you won't pay the loan back because you don't have the money. So you go to more loan apps and continue downloading more. This is sad. Very sad. But she goes on to say that many of those lending apps joined Sol Peso in the harassment. Sometimes she received more than 50 calls and messages in a day containing threats that ranged from saying the lenders would distribute Photoshop photos of Maria as a thief to threatening to rape and kill her family if she didn't repay. It's terrifying and depressing, Maria said. Yeah, that it is. They send you extremely aggressive messages, then fill you with fear. And of course, the blame is being put on the Mexican government, but the reality is people are going to do stupid stuff no matter what, people are going to do really dumb stuff and you cannot legislate against stupidity. There are always going to be people out there trying to scam you out of your money. And this is something that you just have to be aware of. Now, downloading a random app and giving it your financial information, not a good idea. We've talked about here multiple times about just how good the deep fakes are. And there are websites now that you can find that will show you how easy this is. I don't even know if I want to give out any of the URLs where you simply upload two photos and be like, swap the faces. And it does it for you. You don't even need any Photoshop skills at this point. So if you have an app that wants access to your photos, it becomes very easy for them to grab a photo of your face, put it on anything that they want. And when they have access to your contact list as well, as well, it's now very easy to go, hey, Maria, yeah, we've got your picture. We've got your contact list. Maybe they'll even show you the uh, deep faked photo of you doing unspeakable things and go, hey, if you don't send us this, we're going to send this out to all of your contacts. And you have 
given us access to all of your contacts. Congratulations. So this is just, again, another case of be very careful what you're downloading. Be very careful about the apps you put on your phone, what information you give. And if something seems too good to be true, then don't do it. But in this case, I really feel bad for this woman. If this case is true, I mean, if it is true, I feel bad for her. But I also feel like she's not so smart because you don't download one of these things and go, wow, this is a scam. So I'm going to download a second one because maybe that won't be a scam. And whoa, that's a scam too. So I'm going to download a third and hope that one's not a scam. Well, no, wait, that's a scam too. Holy caramba. And then I get the fourth and the fifth and... I mean, when do you realize you got to stop? And when do you realize that you just may want to tell all of the people on your contact list, they're going to be getting a Photoshopped image of you doing something because you're being scammed by a bunch of criminals. I don't know. The internet is not a safe place to be. So we'll go right back to those who give their 10, 12, 14 year old kids access to a phone and unfettered access to the internet. You kind of get what you deserve. Am I too harsh about that? If so, let me know. Darren at randomthoughts.com. But we will move on to a poll that was done by the University of Chicago's Institute on Politics. So the University of Chicago, IOP, IOP. I was like, man, I like IHOP. They're a lot more fun than IOP. But they polled a thousand registered voters. And this was interesting because a lot of polls right off the bat, they're just put out there in order to get the answer that the people paying for the poll want. Which is why most of the polls are completely biased. They won't give you the breakdown of exactly who they asked. But in this case, It seems like this was done in a great way because the University of Chicago Institute on Politics worked with a pollster that was a GOP pollster and a pollster that was a Democratic pollster, and they tried to get an equal keeping of both to make this as fair and balanced to get the best results that they could. And one of the questions that was asked here was, do you feel that, quote, it may be necessary at some point soon for citizens to take up arms against the government? Again, the question, do you agree that, quote, it may be necessary at some point soon for citizens to take up arms against the government? A third of Republican respondents said yes. A third of independent voters said yes. And one in five, 20% of Democrats even agreed that they thought it may soon be necessary at some point soon again. This isn't like at some point in the future, maybe in some place and some crazy things happened. You think this maybe could happen? The way this was worded, it was like, at some point soon, do you think it might be necessary to take up arms against the government? A third of Republicans say yes. A third of independent voters say yes. 
20% of Democrats say yes. Violence is in the air. There's no question violence is in the air. And this is because everything is shown in such a biased manner, which this next question, which I thought was even more interesting to me, showed because they asked each side. They asked, of course, the Democrats. They asked the Republicans that were taking part in this that do you believe that in the case of the GOP? So they were asked. Do you believe that the Democrats are generally bullies who want to impose their political beliefs on those who disagree? 73% of Republicans said, yeah, yeah, I think Democrats are generally bullies that want to impose their political beliefs on those who disagree. So Democrats were asked, do you generally believe that uh, Republicans are generally bullies who want to impose their political beliefs on those who disagree? 74% of Democrats said, yes, we believe that of the Republicans. So 73, 74, within the margin of error, same thing. They both believe that the other party generally bullies who want to impose their political beliefs on those who disagree. So how did we get to this point? The mainstream media, I think, has to take a lot of the heat on this one as does social media. The uh, same results for, do you generally think they're untruthful and pushing disinformation? I mean, I don't think that's a surprise that those are going to be the same numbers, but it shows you where we are as a society. 74, 73% believe that the other side is bad. They're bullies, that they just want to impose their political beliefs and they're not truthful in pushing disinformation when both sides believe that you kind of have to look at how this happened and was it done intentionally because this seems to be way too high in numbers for this to happen organically and i don't think it did happen organically it's the reason george soros gives money to da's that don't want to prosecute criminals but will put the people that defend themselves like mr alba in New York, into Rikers for a little while before the uproar comes out. They want the chaos to rule. Because when chaos is ruling, people will allow for a lot more of their freedoms to be taken. That's why COVID was so great for people that wanted to push their agendas. Because, oh, you know, it's it's just for your health. Oh, think of the children. No, that's why you need to stay in. That's why you need to wear masks. That's why we can destroy the economy. That's why we can make gas prices go sky high because we don't want you to keep eating meat, fatty. You should be eating bugs. It'll be much greener if you could just eat bugs, not run your air conditioning in the summer, not drive your car because fossil fuels are bad, but buy an electric car. Wait, we don't have enough electric for you to charge those cars on the grid. So where are we going? Why are we sowing the kind of hatred, distrust that we're seeing now? I mean, I'm sure this stuff has always been going on, but it all seems to be a little bit more highlighted. Maybe that's because we have the Internet when you see people just getting beat down in the streets, though it seems to be a rising trend as businesses leave cities like Chicago. And people try to get the hell out of L.A. 
and all sorts of different things. Because we're right back to Denny Hamlin with a little piece of tape on his car. If you're not following the rules, if you're not abiding by the laws, you will have a breakdown in society. And I believe that's what we're seeing. And I don't think it turns around until law and order is brought back. And the kangaroo courts have to stop. This January 6th committee stuff has got to stop. The data on Donald Trump and what happened on January 6th has been very clear. There's been nothing that shows he committed a crime, yet they're still pushing that in the hopes that it will help them politically. These are the people that need to be held accountable. The ones that will bring charges or put on the dog and pony show just to win political points when they know they have nothing backing them up. This is the kind of stuff that sows hatred. This is why racism has gotten worse over the last 10 years. This country elected Barack Obama by a wide margin. And we're to believe that somehow the country just slipped right back into being really, really racist. You see, because it didn't follow the narrative that the far left wanted to push that equality although it took some time and there were some major issues in the united states throughout its history but that the time had come where the playing field was getting pretty level i mean i don't understand how else you can explain that the playing field was getting leveled, but they didn't like that because if the playing field's leveled, how do you continue getting the handouts? How do you continue making the government payments? And the Democrats seem to survive on the fact that they need to pay people for their votes. And if everything is uh, equal, then why are we paying? If people have the ability to go out and make their own way, what are you paying for? And under Donald Trump, you could hate Donald Trump. I don't care. Look at the numbers. Look at the economy. You can very clearly see that everybody across all demographic groups was doing better under Donald Trump than they are doing today under Joe Biden. No question about it. So who's really doing more to help the downtrodden, the people that need a leg up, the people that need a little push, a little bit of help. Who is doing a better job or who did a better job? It's not Joe Biden. It's not Cacklin Kamala. And did you see the other day, whatever the hell she was at, where everybody at the table were, you know, introducing themselves was Kamala Harris. Hi, I'm Kamala Harris. Uh, my pronouns are she and her, and I'm wearing a blue suit. I mean, what the hell is that all about? I mean, I, I guess I started this podcast wrong. I should be like, hi, I'm Darren O'Neill. I'm a man. My pronouns are he and him. And I'm wearing a Jake PV t-shirt. Yeah, once great pitcher for the Chicago White Sox. I, I just don't understand where the world is going with this kind of insanity. But all the, oh, yeah, what we want to declare our pronouns as, that's really important. That's what's going wrong with this country. Let's all have a safe space, kids, so you can never learn how to deal with society that you can never learn how to deal with problems let's all just go stick our heads in the sand but i know since you're listening to this show that's not you and i appreciate everybody for giving me their time listening to this podcast there's a lot of other things you could be doing 
We do work on the value for value model, which means we put these shows out there. They're not behind a paywall. And if you got any value whatsoever out of this episode, it's up to you to go to randomthoughts.com slash donate and click that donate button and do a one-time or monthly donation through PayPal to use the QR codes or wallet addresses to do a crypto donation, or you can use the PO box address or even go to patreon.com slash random thoughts, R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts and support the show like Sir Sean of the Allegheny Valley did today, coming in with his $15 monthly donation. That is very much appreciated. And also coming in today with $3.33, the magic number, our buddy Johnny Hipwell up in Canada. Hope all is well. Hope sanity is uh, coming back to Canada. I know you still can't come over the border without a jab. The easiest thing to do is just find your way to Mexico and then just walk across the United States southern border. I guess we're keeping people without jabs from coming in from Canada. I mean, really? What's the point? If you know, let me know. With all of that said, I will be back next week on Wednesday with another edition of the Random Thoughts podcast. Until then, I am Darren O'Neill. Thank you for listening. Mm